And we're back with another episode of the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I am your host, Brian Ellithorpe. We will be discussing some waterfall photography today. Hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And let's get into the episode. Right, guys well, welcome back to another episode i wanted to start talking about some waterfall photography as that's really the only thing that we can do right now now that the seasons are over there is some upland hunting that we can still do with the preserves which those episodes are starting to go up on youtube this week on brian ellithorpe media the first preserve hunt with boomer is going up tomorrow on Wednesday and they'll be going out each week from this week so I think that there's six now and we're still going to have another at least three hunts that are going to be happening in the next few weeks so hopefully we get some good footage on that I'm going to start um trying to keep it a little bit more in depth when we go out just so that I can kind of talk to the camera a little bit more, make it a little bit more interesting. Um, So be sure to catch those episodes when they go up. Make sure you guys hit the bell notification when you subscribe and you'll be able to see all the posts as all the videos as they're posted. Now, We have gotten pretty deep into waterfall photography here in the last few weeks, mostly because we've had so much ice in our area that it's concentrated the birds and it's easy to find them. It's easy to locate where they are, where they're roosting, where they're loafing, where they're feeding, and it's made for some pretty incredible photos. I think that I have 200-something edited completed photos to be posted so i'm going to be posting a picture at least every day on instagram facebook on brian althorpe media if you guys want to check out those pictures i've already posted quite a few of them um we just started getting into divers in the last like week and a half it's been hard to locate them on the lake just because it's, it's difficult to find them when there's not any ice keeping them close to shore. There's a couple areas um, that I know of that stay open that the birds find every year. And those spots just, just got good in the last couple weeks. So, or in the last week when we had the polar vortex. Um, I want to start off by talking about the gear that I'm using. Um, I've purchased some new gear in the last year that has really amped my uh, my photography game. Um, I have switched completely over to all mirrorless Nikon cameras. So I just got in the Nikon Z6 II, so that's the Mark II of the Z6 original. I also have the Z6 original, but I have purchased the Z50 as well. And 
all of these cameras are used in my business and it's easier for me to justify purchasing cameras this nice when I'm using them to make money. So I'm not suggesting that anybody go out and spend $2,000 on just a camera body. Um, but I'm just explaining the gear that I use in case anybody is interested and interested in getting new gear. Um, you know, it's an investment, of course. And as a hobbyist, you know, it just depends on how much money you want to put into that hobby. So I have those three mirrorless cameras. The Z6 and the Z6 II are both full frame mirrorless cameras. And the Z50 is a crop sensor mirrorless camera. So it'd be similar to like your um, A A5 and 6000 series Sony's. Um, the M50 in the Canon line, and then the Z6s are more of like your A7 series. The probably com most com comparable to like the A7R4 um, for the Z6 too, and maybe like the A7R3 for the Z6, just because of the upgrades and stuff like that. Um, the, oh, and then like the R, R6 or whatever for Canon, the EOS R, um, those have been like the, the comparable cameras, what, whatever people think about them, that's their own personal opinion. I have no bias against camera companies, but anyway, so I'm using mirrorless camera bodies. I, I feel that. That's like the future of cameras. So I've invested into the mirrorless line. Um, my my cameras, those mirrorless cameras have to have a um, an F to Z adapter, the FTZ adapter to be able to use the uh, long telephoto lenses. There isn't any long telephoto lenses for those cameras right now. So all of them are F mount lenses. And I am using a Sigma DG series uh, 150 to 500 f.6 or f5.6 to 6.3. Or no, it's a 4.5. Yeah, so it's an f4.5 at 150 and an f6.3 at 500. Now, on my mirrorless full frame cameras, I am using the crop setting because I am going to crop them anyway in post. It's easier for me to see what I'm going to crop when I go into the camera and I'm looking through the electronic viewfinder. So I am cropping them at, so that crop is 1.5 making the 500 millimeter a 750. So I'm trying to get as close as I possibly can to these birds. Um, the, the lens that I'm using is a much older model than they have out now. The next like best lens to this one would be probably the Tamron 150 to 600. Now I'm saying that because the Sigma ones are a little bit more expensive, but they're also not fully weather sealed. The Tamron is weather sealed. So if you are going to be doing waterfall photography, especially this late in the season, in the snow, in the rain, in the cold, it's a better option to go fully weather sealed. 
and I've heard comparing the Nikon 200 to 500 and the Tamron 150 to 600, um, there's pros and cons to each one. Um, all the big name waterfall photographers that want a telephoto lens to carry with them um, are using the Tamron. Now the Tamron would give you not only the extra 100 millimeters in the lens at 600, but also allows you to bring it back to 150. And while that might not seem like that big of a difference, I've noticed that I use the 150 quite a bit on big groups of birds that are lifting up and it is sharper at the lower end at 150 than it is at 500 in my experience. Um, but you know, you can make that determination on your own. You don't need mirrorless cameras to do wild wildlife or waterfowl photography. I know I have a buddy that uses a D 500 with a, with the 200 to 500 Nikon and he has great images. There's people that are using the D850 with the 200 to 500 and the 150 to 600 Tamron and getting phenomenal pictures with those. You know, any camera body is going to work. You just want to make sure that you have cameras that are able to that do well in low light and have high uh they have a high shutter speed which every camera would most cameras will go up to like one eight thousandth or one four thousandth and i usually only shoot at one sixteenth one sixteen hundredth to keep a very still image i'll bump it up to two thousand if there's a lot of birds like if i'm trying to capture something really close to me and i want that to be very obvious very clear crisp image of its wings completely stopping in flight but the main thing is when you go up in that high of a shutter speed, you want it to be able to perform with a low light situation. These mirrorless cameras perform great in low light. So with the, the high shutter speed, I can bump up the ISO and not have a lot of noise. So that's kind of my thought process behind the camera bodies that I've purchased and why I did it. I already had F-mount glass, and I didn't want to completely switch lines. Otherwise, I probably would have went to a Sony because of the video. But these Z6 cameras do phenomenal video. And the Z6 II with the new, with the upgraded autofocus and everything has been great. There's a lot of cool um, features on the Nikon Z6 II, as well as dual card slots, which I need for weddings. So... That was my big reason for purchasing that, and the the main reason that I have a older style lens for a long telephoto was because I bought it for two hundred and fifty dollars from somebody that was just trying to get rid of it, and it was barely used. It's pretty it was pretty much brand new. Um, the guy used it like a handful of times, so. I purchased that solely because of budget. Now, I think that if I am to upgrade to that, I will go to the Tamron, the 150 to 600. And, uh, yeah. So, that's the gear that I'm using right now. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that the Z50 with that lens, um, 
you do get more megapixels on that sensor because it is a crop sensor with 20.3 megapixels. Um, and then when you crop the Z6, I think it's 12 megapixels. So it just depends. I, I have seen that my pictures out of the Z6, even with the crop, are a little cleaner. Um, but the Z50 produces phenomenal pictures with the crop. Um, and it's I, I think I bought it for... 750 bucks so 2000 versus 750 you really can't go wrong with the z50 or any of the crop sensor cameras i think that the reasoning behind the z50 was to um kind of put it on par with the d500 but the d500 still as a wildlife photography camera is a much superior camera um but i do like the z50 and it's great for video it's great for the pictures that I've gotten out of it as far as wildlife and waterfall photography goes. So that is also a great camera. Now I want to talk about some of the spots that I'm going to and how I'm getting some of the images that I am. Um, this episode won't be f terribly long just because there's not a whole lot to talk about. And I, I mean, there's a lot that I could talk about, but I don't want to just drag on talking about specific scenarios for photos which I can do um, I might do it in some later episodes but I want to keep this semi semi short but also cover quite a bit of what I've been doing lately so there are a couple areas around us that stay that have open water um they keep the birds will keep the water open in certain areas if they're roosting or loafing or feeding or whatever when they're feeding is when they leave or when they keep the water open the most just because of all the splashing and the diving and the shaking and everything um really opens up the water same way that like an aerator in a pond would keep um the water open um with that being said I started targeting the river when everything started freezing up first just because there was so much open water that the birds were e easily finding that open water and the river is not terribly wide. The Maumee River is where I was targeting. Um, it's not terribly wide so I was able to get good, good pictures across the river if I had to. But what I was doing is showing up and then I was just watching the birds as they move and seeing what what the group was doing if it was moving one way or another and then I just tried to intercept where they were going so there's a lot of birds sitting on the water and I wanted to get at first I wanted to get shots of birds sitting on the water as close as I could then I sat there and once they started to get close to me um, I noticed that there was still a lot of birds flying um, mostly geese there was ducks flying and um, I wanted to get pictures of geese cupped up coming into a group and um, I was also scouting at this point because we were still in late goose season so I was just kind of getting spread ideas and stuff like that but there was a lot of geese flying and so I was I was sitting closer to the larger groups just because when there's that many geese on the water 
um, or on the river, like in different groups all the way spread up and down the river, they're congregating to the largest groups. So it was easier for me to hide from large groups just because they didn't really seem to care as much. Um, even if they did see me, they would just kind of swim away and then they would come back. But I was hiding on the bank and then I was just waiting as big groups came in. Then eventually when I wanted to get pictures of like geese kicking up off the water, I just snuck out and I went to a smaller group and then I just kicked them up. But I took pictures on burst as I kicked them up and then they went over, joined with the bigger groups. And that's how I, that's how I started this year with um getting pictures just because I knew what I I was planning what I wanted to get pictures of since we were still in late goose season I wanted to get pictures of geese um I was trying to get pictures of banded geese just because I hadn't seen very many I'd maybe seen a couple throughout the whole year um mostly the state park so I was trying to get pictures of banded geese never found any um unfortunately. But then I had a buddy tell me, Hey, if you want to get some good pictures, there's another spot down the river that has black ducks, has mallards, has geese, um, has divers, all that. And I was like, well, that would be perfect because I was trying to get, after I got enough goose pictures, I was trying to find puddle ducks and, um, I was really wanted to find black ducks. So I went to that spot, bunch of geese, and right off the bat, I realized that there was a cackling goose down there. So I got a picture of the cackling goose. Um, I got, I got pictures. I I realized when I got there, I was like, man, a couple of these mallard drakes look kind of weird. And two of the mallard drakes that were down there did not have any brown on their chest. So I got a couple pictures of those. And there was also a pair of hooded mergansers there, a pair of ringnecks, and then there was a bluebill. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, man, that's a really weird looking bluebill. Like it, it was a, it looked like a hen, but it had a dark head like a drake. So I started thinking about it and I'm thinking, man, you know, a lot of these mallard hens, when they get real old and they stop breeding, they start to turn their heads start to turn into a drake and their bodies start to kind of turn into a drake. So I thought maybe it, it was a non-breeding female, which is what, I mean, they call it a non-breeding male. Um, when they start to evolve into the male. Um, but that's what I found when I looked it up was the exact same bird that I was looking at. And I got pictures of that bird in flight. I got pictures of it landing on the water. I got it sitting on the water. Um, I got the the hooded mergansers, the ringnecks. I got black ducks flying, landing, doing their thing. Bunch of mallards flying, landing. Um, and I mean, I got so many pictures from that alone. And I was like, man, I think that that was good. I got the pictures. I got enough pictures to post and have from that alone. So then um, I had another buddy tell me that there was a bunch of divers sitting at an area down the street from us where there's a power plant and a hot water discharge that goes out there and it leaves part of the bay open. 
And I know there's always birds there, but I didn't realize that that part was had frozen up and uh, or it hadn't frozen up. I thought that it was just a little pocket that was open, so I didn't really mess with it. And uh, <clears throat> so I come, I go down there. He was telling me that there's canvas back down there, and I'm like, man, <laughs> the canvas backs are exactly what I was trying to find pictures or trying to find so I could get pictures of them. And uh, he said they were in a ditch there, but out on the bay there was like 15,000 divers and a few thousand geese, a bunch of seagulls, which I don't care about the seagulls, but there was a guy that was down there asking me if I could see any different types of gulls. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I really don't care. I didn't even know that there was different kinds of gulls. I just thought there was seagulls. You know, like there's, I only see seagulls, so I don't know the different kinds. I don't really care. But so I get down there, there's gold knives, there's buffies, there's bluebills. Um, I didn't see any ringnecks, but they might've been over on the other side where there, there was a, where I was sitting, there was a smaller pocket that I could set up in really well and hide. So that's what I did is I walked out and then I pushed some of those birds out and I sat there until they all started to come back in. Um, but on the other side, through my lens, I could see that there was common mergansers, which I really wanted to get a picture of, but I failed on the chance that I had. There was canvas backs, there was ring or uh, redheads, and I think that was it. That's all of them, right? Um, but there were so many on the other side that it was hard to get them to come across, but all I wanted was pictures of canvas bags. And I sat there taking pictures of bluebills. I took, I got some golden eye pictures that I was, I wanted to get golden eyes in flight too. And I got some really good ones of that. Um, but then my, my moment came and I'm sitting there and I see these three divers come up over the top of me. And as they get over the trees, I realize that there's, it's three really nice Drake canvas bags. So I, um, I, I watch them fly away from me and I'm just thinking, turn, 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 come back. They went out about 200 yards, swung out around the ice and came straight back in. And I got, I got like three or four really, really good pictures of them, um, got some as they were flying at me and then I got a picture directly in front of me like 20 yards and just caught them perfectly and I think that I'm gonna post that picture tomorrow which would be Wednesday but you guys will see it um, if you go there if you're listening to this episode it'll already be posted um, so that knocked out like every bird that I wanted to get pictures of except redheads there were so many redheads on that side, but there was none that came towards me. So I got intel that part of our marina was open, and there's always redheads and canvasbacks there. And so I drove over there yesterday, or was it two days? Uh, Sunday, so two days ago. We drove out to take the dogs to the marsh, and we came back, and I stopped. There was two pockets and, I mean, they were not big pockets. They were maybe, like, 20, 15, 20 yards across. And there was, like, 150 redheads in between the both of them. And I got some really, really cool pictures of them feeding. They were eating these gigantic shad. 
and uh, it was just unbelievable. So it definitely pays to uh, have people telling you where there's birds. Obviously, nobody's going to tell you where birds are during the season, but when they want you to get pictures of them, they'll tell you where everything is. Um, I'd known about these spots, but I wasn't paying very close attention to them. Um, I was, I was focused on, um, trying to find, I wanted to try and find some more black ducks and I wasn't able to. So the spots that I was looking at, I couldn't really, I couldn't find any good ones, but today I did and I'm going to take my camera tomorrow, hopefully get some pictures of, um, black ducks on the little bit of ice that's left and uh see how that goes but i was able to knock out the redheads and that pretty much covers all the divers that i wanted to get pictures of if i can find a drake buffy i would like to get a picture of that i got the hen and then i want to get mergs but i, th I think it's going to be a little difficult I'm going to try the spot that I tried last weekend this weekend and see if I can get anything close. But I don't know if the ice down there has pushed out or not. I heard that the lake was pushing out some of its ice already. So could be a little bit more difficult than I think to get some more pictures. But it should be warmer. Because last weekend it was freezing and I sat out there for like two hours to get pictures. And I made a video, so hopefully I come up with something halfway decent to post for that. Um, just showing, like, some video clips while, like, before and after I was taking pictures. Um, I don't have a recorder to record my viewfinder. I would like to, but um, they're pretty expensive. So we'll see. Maybe next year I'll get one, and then I can make some better videos um, of pictures of picture taking but um i think that's all i've got for today if anybody comes up with any topics or questions or ideas for another episode talking about wildlife or waterfowl photography i'll do my best to come up with some interesting content for y'all to listen to about that i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i ran through it pretty quick but i just wanted to give a little baseline of the gear that I'm using and the couple spots that I was able to find this week. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Find us on Instagram, Too Many Hobbies Podcast on Instagram. Um, Brian Althorpe Media on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. That's where all these pictures and video will be going and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.